This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Military murder is an independent project and is not endorsed by the Department of Defense or any military component. The views expressed are those of the host. The content of this podcast is not meant to be legal or medical advice. Warning, this episode contains graphic details of murder and is not suitable for young listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, True Crime Army. I am your host, Margot, and this is a true crime podcast where I focus on crimes committed by military members and veterans. But don't worry, you don't have to know anything about the military to listen, I promise. You just have to be a true crime enthusiast. And if that's you, welcome home. Many of you may already know this. Some of you may not. April is actually month of the military child. To be honest, before I had my own kids, I didn't realize what the big hoopla was all about. And then I had kids and it clicked. Children of military members go through a lot. My four-year-old, for example, has already lived in three different states. And she often refers to her old house in Virginia and tells me how much she misses it. I had the privilege of being the host of a military spouse's panel not too long ago. And the ladies talked about how they were on their eighth, 10th, and even 20th move with the military. Military children not only have to deal with moving every few years, though, they have to deal with having one or both parents away for months at a time. They have to learn how to touch and go, how to make friends and then say goodbye. Military children are resilient. At least that's what I keep hearing. The military does take having children very seriously. And I would say that in my personal experience, I repeat, in my personal experience, military leadership does oftentimes work with military parents to ensure that their children are taken care of because it is true, a person can't really function properly at work if they're constantly worrying about home problems, their kids or whatever it is. Well, today's case, I just wanna say and warn everyone, does involve abuse and children. So if you'd prefer to skip this episode, trust me, no offense taken. And it looks like today, Seymour Johnson Air Force Base in North Carolina is on the chopping block two weeks in a row. Today's case is about an airman who was offered multiple opportunities to get care for his child, but instead he did the unthinkable. Join me today as I tell you the story of Matthew Thayer and Matthew Thayer Jr. Now let's dig in. My sources for this episode include an Air Force Court of Criminal Appeals decision, a North Carolina Child Fatality Review Team report, and articles in the Fayetteville Observer, Greensboro News and Record, WRAL, and Fox 59. Matthew Thayer Jr. was born on December 8, 2011, to senior airman Matthew Thayer and his wife Amy. The young family lived in base housing at Seymour Johnson Air Force Base in North Carolina. Matthew and Amy were originally from Portland, Indiana, and they still had ties to that area. Due to some domestic violence allegations that we'll learn about later, the family advocacy program at Seymour Johnson became aware of the Thayers and began to intervene with the family and their issues. 
But things didn't exactly work out and Amy decided to pack up her things and she took baby Matthew and she left the home. He was only five months old at the time she left. But back in Indiana, Amy realized that life with an infant was pretty difficult. And in late July of 2012, she called Matthew and told him, hey, I can't handle this single mom life. You need to come pick up your kid. Ultimately, she felt that Matthew could take better care of the baby. According to one report that I read, by this point, Amy was in a relationship with another person in Indiana, and she may have been expecting another baby. Matthew, according to court records, drove up to Indiana and picked up baby Matthew. By this point, the baby was eight months old. Matthew, though, did not know how to care for an infant, and he didn't have childcare, so life was about to get pretty tough for the senior airman. Well, his leadership was oblivious to Matthew's situation as a single father. By November of 2012, baby Matthew was 11 months old, and Matthew's leadership began to notice that he was late to work on multiple occasions. When asked, what gives, dude? Matthew admitted that he was having childcare issues. His leadership immediately stepped in. They made contact with the Child Development Center, also known on base as the CDC, and they found a spot for baby Matthew for him to be taken care of. Matthew was ordered to begin to use the on-base daycare provider immediately. And due to the limited hours of the CDC, because they work, I would say, I'm air quoting over here, normal hours, usually from six or seven in the morning until five or six in the evening. Well, because of their limited hours, Matthew's leadership was even willing to adjust his schedule so that he could properly care for his kid. Sounds like a plan, Stan, right? Well, that's what his leadership thought. Matthew filled out all the paperwork for the CDC and baby Matthew was supposed to start immediately. But a day went by and then a week and then a month and baby Matthew never showed up to his classroom. All the while, Matthew's leadership had no clue. Turns out that Matthew had taken to internet dating and in early December of 2012, he found himself a boothang. And he quickly was like, oh, a baby mama for my kid. And he swooped in and moved the lady onto his on-base house. They lived together for about a month or so. And all the while, this lady was taking care of baby Matthew. But then higher-ups became aware that Matthew's girlfriend was living on base. And in January of 2003, they removed her from housing due to being improperly sponsored. Now, I don't know this for sure, but I'm assuming that because she was just a civilian and not a military dependent, she didn't have the right to actually live on base. And at this point, baby Matthew's life would take a turn for the worst. Hi, everyone. For anyone who follows me on Instagram, I recently posted a picture of me with my kiddos at Disney in front of the Disney castle. But I posted it because my shoulders were looking on fire, defined, toned, and overall just pleasant to look at. So many of you asked me in my DMs for my secret. And of course, my secret is 4 a.m. workouts. But I get the oomph to wake up at 4 a.m. and work out from my pre-workout drink called Energy Explosion. My pre-workout powder was created by world-renowned fitness guru Natalia Melofit. I have been following Natalia for many years now. And in fact, after my second C-section, I hired her as my fitness trainer, and she also helped me postpartum with my third C-section as well. So when she came out with a pre-workout supplement that didn't cause any of the jitters and the crashing, I knew I needed to try it. Energy Explosion helps with energy, and it keeps me going all through the morning hours. 
Because I take it first thing in the morning, which is when I choose to work out, I no longer require that morning cup of joe. This pre-workout has nootropic ingredients, which significantly help me personally with mental clarity and focus. Which listen, when you're juggling what feels like hundreds of tasks a day, it truly does help. And guess what? My listeners are getting 15% off your order. What? Yes, please. If you're ready to get the pump without the jitters, visit mbodysup.com and enter my code MAMAMARGO at checkout for 15% off your order. That's M as in Mike, body, sup as in Sierra, uniform, papa, papa, dot com. Add energy explosion to your car and use my code MAMAMARGO, that's M-A-M-A-M-A-R-G-O-T for 15% off. Enjoy. And when you use it, please DM me so we can talk about your workouts. While we may all agree that Amy may not have been the best mother to baby Matthew, I think that we can agree that it was mature of her to voice her concerns and to actually seek help with baby Matthew. She figured the kid's life would be safe under the watchful eye of the military. I mean, what could possibly go wrong living on a military installation, right? Amy would occasionally talk to Matthew and the baby, but things became real weird in early March of 2013. Whenever Amy would ask to speak to the baby, Matthew always had an excuse. Oh, he's not here. Oh, he's sleeping. Oh, fill in the blank. Well, Amy and her family were getting suspicious as hell. If you know anything about the infamous Casey Anthony case, you know that it is suspect when someone can't account for their kid. So Amy and her family contacted Seymour Johnson Command Post and they were like, we need eyes on baby Matthew. By this point, the child was 14 or 15 months old. I'm imagining that the command post contacted Matthew's unit and they followed up. The unit calls Matthew or they talk to him in person, I don't know. And they were like, dude, where's the baby? And Matthew, the scrawny looking senior airman was like, oh, yeah. So let me tell you, he was sick, but don't worry. I finally contacted the doctor and we're all good now. Matthew's leadership probably gave him the, what you talking about, Willis, look. But being in a military leadership position is kind of like being a parent. You always need a minute or two to process the situation. Like, did this fool just lie to me? And if so, how do I handle it without getting too crazy? Matthew walked away thinking he was in the clear. But later that night, ring, ring, it was his leadership. They were like, get your rear home right now. We're coming in hot to conduct an inspection of your house. What? Oh, yeah. If you didn't know this, when you live on post, the military can conduct wellness checks of your place, whether it be a house or your dorm or whatever. It doesn't matter that you're a grown ass adult. For those of you thinking, well, that's some BS. Well, after I tell you what I'm about to tell you, you will realize that sometimes these measures are absolutely necessary. It's March 10th, 2013, and leadership walks into Matthew's house. And by leadership, I mean the first sergeant, probably with someone else. Well, they walk into the home and it is a hot mess express. The words used to describe the situation in the report that I read were, quote, unsanitary and unlivable, end quote. And baby Matthew, you know what? He was nowhere to be found. Oh, where's the kid? Leadership thought. Matthew began to stutter. Oh, he's with an off-base babysitter. Hmm. Okay. Matthew was instructed to get his house under control. They'd be back tomorrow. Well, the following day, leadership returned. Nope, place was still a hot mess express and baby Matthew was still not around. So the first sergeant was like, listen here, boy, 
We will be back tomorrow. Your house better be in order. And I want eyes on that baby stat. You hear me? That evening in the still of the North Carolina night, Matthew attempted suicide. When leadership arrived the following day, Matthew, after his failed attempt to take his own life, well, he admitted to his leadership that baby Matthew was gone. Recently, I covered two unsolved cases, which I am sure caused you to pause and analyze your inner detective. Well, if you want to hone in on that inner detective, then you need to check out June's Journey. June's Journey is a mobile game that you can play anywhere while connected to Wi-Fi. June's Journey takes you through the main character, June's, adventure to uncover family secrets. Her first task is to uncover the mystery of her sister's death. You will be using your keen eye to spot hidden clues in the immersive scenes that take you across the globe. The scene is set in the 1920s, so it's like going back in time. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game, and I love playing while waiting for my kids at the bus stop. It allows me to clear my mind from the tasks of the day and to refocus on my mommy duties. What I love about June's Journey is that not only are you searching for objects, but you can join other players online in a detective club. And then you also get to design this luxurious island estate that is all yours. And if you have friends who play, you can gift each other trees, flowers, and other amazing decorative items. Today, I invite you to escape reality and immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Go ahead, download June's Journey today. When Matthew said baby Matthew was gone, he meant he was dead. He had been dead for close to a month. And this is the truth behind his sad death. Remember back in November when leadership got Matthew a spot in the on-base daycare center? Well, he had filled out all the paperwork, but he never took the baby. Instead, he would leave the baby alone in his house for close to 12 hours to fend for himself. Then, thankfully, Matthew met that girl online and she cared for the baby for about a month before she was booted. And Matthew was left at square one. But instead of asking for help, he left baby Matthew at home alone again. He would leave the child in the crib or on the floor for 12 hours. He'd feed him in the morning before he left and then he'd feed him again when he got home. But it was never actually like kid food. It was whatever he could get his hands on. But wait, if you think 12 hours is terrible, sometime in January of 2013, Matthew was online again trying to meet some girls and he met one. He really wanted to meet her in person. So this fool, he left baby Matthew alone at home for 24 hours, 24 hours, 24 hours to fend for himself while daddy went off gallivanting to meet with some chick. All the while, baby Matthew sat in his poopy diapers, his peepee diapers. and He just sat there. He sat in his filth without food, without water, without milk, without snuggles. And if that doesn't make you oh so very mad, then, well, I'm speechless. The most frustrating part about this case is that Matthew, according to the appellate court decision, was actually getting offers for help, but he constantly turned them down. All the while, baby Matthew just got skinnier and skinnier. And not once, not once did he take the baby to the doctor. Oh, no. Why would he do that? He feared what would happen if he did that. And listen, this is so maddening because 
people seem to, they just piss me off sometimes. They'll say, oh, I can't do that. I'll lose the kid. Well, yeah, maybe you should lose custody of the kid because you clearly can't take care of him. On February 15th, 2013, Matthew woke up. He put on his military uniform. He went over to the kitchen. He poured a cup of milk. He popped in a piece of toast to toast it and he waited. Then he put the cup of milk next to the 14-month-old baby. And next to that, he put the piece of toast. Then he locked the door behind him and went to work. It was Friday, February 15th, 2013. And Matthew was so excited because he had met a girl online who lived near Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And she agreed that he could come visit her that weekend. So he was souped up to meet his new girl, right? Maybe he'd get lucky. And that's probably all he thought about all day while he was at work. You know, when you're about to go on a date, you get all those butterflies. Like you're thinking, oh my gosh, are they going to like me? What am I going to wear? You know, those are typical thoughts. Well, after work on February 13th, 2015, Matthew got home after his shift. He went into his house, probably took off his uniform blouse, probably took off his boots, maybe even sat on the couch to decompress from the day. Then he thought about his son. He went over to check on baby Matthew and baby Matthew was on the floor. Oh, okay. Maybe he was sleeping. Matthew checked him, but it was clear. Baby Matthew wasn't sleeping. He was gone. He was dead. In a panic, Matthew probably paced the entire house thinking, shit, if I thought I was in trouble before, boy, oh boy, how I'm in trouble now. He soon went to the kitchen, began grabbing trash bags, first one, then two, you know, then the entire box. He went over to baby Matthew and instead of dialing 911, instead of calling his leadership, instead of calling anybody, he began to wrap the baby in trash bags before ultimately placing his tiny little body and throwing it into one trash bag. Then Matthew's thoughts transitioned back to his weekend plans. He packed a suitcase, then he placed a suitcase and the trash bag into the car, the trash bag that contained baby Matthew. He went into the car and he took off towards South Carolina. Along the way, about 100 miles into his drive, along Highway 905 between Whiteville and Tabor City, he threw the trash bag into the woods and continued on his weekend trip as if nothing happened. He made the six hour round trip car ride that weekend to meet a girl. And it was at this point that he began to lie because people don't often forget about children. They ask questions. They demand answers. They want to know. After Matthew's failed suicide attempt, he confessed to everything. And he even told investigators where they could find baby Matthew. When baby Matthew was found, it was just as Matthew had said. He was wrapped in bags. An autopsy would reveal that the 14-month-old boy weighed only 14 pounds and was in the fifth percentile for his age. Mind you, when he was born, he weighed a little bit over seven pounds. While there were no signs of physical abuse, baby Matthew died from severe malnutrition as a result of neglect. When the news broke that an airman had killed a baby, put him in a trash bag and left him on the side of the road, the Seymour Johnson community, the Air Force community, the entire military community as a whole was shocked. How could this happen? Matthew was subsequently charged by the military for various offenses. For whatever reasons, this undeserving airman was offered a plea agreement 
whereas he would plead guilty and he would potentially receive some leniency in his sentence. The case was presented at a general court-martial before Judge Joshua Kastenberg. 22-year-old Matthew pled guilty to murder, child endangerment, obstruction of justice, and making a false official statement. He told the judge that it all started when his wife left him, and when asked to take care of his son, he claims he couldn't afford childcare. Mind you, he could afford being on the internet all the time and going to meet with his girlfriends in other states. It's complete BS. Judge Kastenberg slammed the book on him, sentencing him to a dishonorable discharge, confinement for life, total forfeiture, and reduction to E1. But since Matthew had previously entered into a plea agreement, his confinement was capped at 40 years. And even with getting this heck of a deal, Matthew filed an appeal. His claim? He said the sentence was unduly harsh. Ha, you serious man? In fact, you got a heck of a deal. You know, back in the day, they could actually punish prisoners by just giving them bread and water. And if I were the judge and that punishment were still available today, I would think that to be the most appropriate sentence in your case, buddy. But we don't live in a society like that anymore. And for that, my friend, you should thank your lucky stars. Well, the Court of Appeals was like, listen here, boy, don't even start. (laughs) And they denied his appeal. But listen, but of course, there was much more to the appellate court's decision. And it is available online if that's something that you want to read. I got my hands on a North Carolina fatality review report that was conducted a year after Matthew's arrest. The review was conducted due to the fact that the Thayer family had been involved with social services within 12 months of the child's death. It is in this report that we see a little more behind the curtain of what was going on with the Thayers. Information that had never been reported was revealed in this report. For example, from January through May 2012, North Carolina Child Protective Services had been involved with the family. Due to CPS involvement and Matthew's ties to the military, the Air Force Family Advocacy Program was also involved with the family. Domestic violence was the main reason for the state's involvement, but Amy had not revealed the extent of the domestic violence until May of 2012 when she packed it up and left with baby Matthew. But months before she left, family advocacy had referred the couple to marriage counseling and referred Matthew alone to anger management courses, and apparently they were compliant. But according to this report, those two types of counseling are never sufficient in and of themselves for situations involving domestic violence. Well, once Amy up and left Seymour Johnson, the programs that were tracking the family, they figured since Amy and the baby left and they were seeking services in Indiana, and since someone at the military level determined that Matthew would need a mental health assessment, Before Amy and Matthew were able to come back, everyone was like, "Okay, cool. I think we can close this case. And with that, they closed it. But they had no idea that Amy would willingly give the child to Matthew to raise alone. And apparently when Matthew's leadership became aware that he had the child, they were unaware that someone up above had previously determined that he needed to have a mental health assessment before he could care for the child. It appears that in this case, there were a lot of missteps and missed opportunities to save baby Matthew. I struggled with how to end this episode, right? There's no real way to report child abuse or child neglect if you don't even know it is happening. 
the world makes it seem like raising kids is all rainbows and butterflies. But for those of us who have been through it, who have kids, it's a tough gig, the toughest job there is. And sometimes we have to look within. I found a resource online that can help someone determine if maybe they need to take a step back and recognize abusive, neglecting behavior in themselves towards the kids. And these are the questions that people should ask themselves, right? Ask yourself, if you can't stop your anger, like if you just get overwhelmingly angry all the time, or if your screaming just gets louder and louder, or if you feel emotionally disconnected from your child for whatever reason, or if meeting your child's daily needs seem close to impossible, or if other people have expressed concerns in the way that things are going with your family or your children. If any of the above applies, it's okay to seek help. Talk to a responsible friend, a coworker, or get professional help from a doctor, a therapist, or even the police. Getting help doesn't mean that you're weak. It only means that you're human. April is month of the military child, a month where we can recognize the sacrifice our children make. With this story, I hope to raise awareness that we should always keep an eye open for our military kids, whether they are our own or not. If you're a military leader, keep asking questions, keep demanding answers. And if you're a military spouse, continue to keep an eye out for other fellow military kids. And for those of you not connected to the military whatsoever, you can still keep your eyes peeled as well for your own neighbors. They say it takes a village to raise a child, and that can't be more true than in the military. For more Mama Margot throughout the week, make sure to follow me on social on Instagram at Military Murder Podcast and join the Facebook community at facebook.com slash groups slash military true crime. This show was created by Mama Margot Productions and produced in collaboration with my bootcamp and higher fan club members. Our newest executive producer this month is Alicia H., Our newest associate producer is Elizabeth and our newest assistant producer is Viola. The music was created by Tyops. Until next time, remember, you never really know what someone is capable of. So remain vigilant always. You have a fabulous week and I'll keep digging to bring you another military murder story next week. Podcast.